Hello, everybody, and welcome to Natural 19, a D&D podcast that isn't perfect, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> the idea of this podcast is to teach people about D&D and to answer D&D questions. I want this to be accessible for everyone, be it people from the very beginning who've never played D&D before or people who've been playing D&D for their entire lives. Uh, so the goal is I'm going to have different co-hosts every time because D&D is not a, a flat thing. D&D is a, an ever-changing thing and there's lots of different opinions that are going to matter. So I want a different host every time so we can get all sorts of beautiful expert opinions. Uh, and for today's expert opinion, I brought on my friend uh, Elizabeth Silverstein who has <laughs> Almost no idea about what D&D &D is or how to play it. Uh, hi, Liz. How's it going? It's going well, Josh. How are you? I'm doing great. So the, the reason I brought you on for this first episode, Liz, is because I do want to show that D&D &D is something anyone can do. And I would love to kind of make us a teaching experience. But before we get into that, let's talk about how we met, because this is kind of a fun story and it also does pertain to D&D. &D. It does. And I really enjoy our story and I always like talking about it. But so I'm actually in Arkansas now but I was living in Southern New Jersey from mm -hmm. 2016 to 2018. And I was dog training um, with a local company, but I was looking for some more hours. And I found um, this job listing pop up to be an axe throwing coach and decided which to... Is... Yeah, yeah which, is, which is maybe the most D and D profession you can have other than actual right. D and D. And it caught my attention because it's I'm all about the creative and storytelling because I'm you know I work with animals as a dog trainer, but I also work with stories as a writer, both in my fiction and nonfiction. And so I just love that element of the unusual, and that's what axe throwing is, and that's what D and D is too. It's it's this unique concept. You know, both of those Absolutely. things are very unique. And so I decided to apply, got hired, and was talking with uh, another person who worked there when along came Josh and said hello. And This Josh character sounds shady, and I don't trust him. <laughs> He's, you know, it took me a while, but, you know, he, he won me over. <laughs> I've realized I don't actually know if I said my name when I opened up, which I think is a glaring error. Uh, or maybe I did, and this is a glaring error. But either way, there is now a glaring error in this podcast. And I intend to leave it. Uh, <laughs> so let me introduce the the host of the podcast, Joshua Kurtz, fresh, professional D and D master, and also thanks uh, for, axe throwing thanks coach. For me, <laughs> thanks for being on, Joshua. Did we get to the part where uh, I like why we started talking at all yet? I feel like oh no, yeah, and that's a crucial that's, part that's of it. That's the reason we're telling yes, the story. because our our co the coworker the the yes. woman we were working with, she was like, oh, yes. he, this is what Joshua does. He's a professional dungeon man master, and I know my eyes lit up, and you saw my eyes lit up because I right. was. And she tried intrigued. to like change the subject after that. She's yes. like, oh, okay, yeah, passing comment. We're moving on. And, and I was like, no, like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And then that, and I was just, I wanted to know as much as possible because I'd been very, been very intrigued by Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. Cause there's the whole trope and stigma that's it's for nerds. It's what people do in their basements. But for right, me as a right. creative person, it's something so magical that you get to create characters and you get to create worlds and you get to make decisions and you get to have this really immersive social experience. And I wanted to know as much as possible. Absolutely. And D&D &D is, for me, it has always been a collaborative storytelling experience, which mm -hmm. is why I love it so much. 
Uh, now we've said a few times that I'm a professional dungeon master, but that doesn't sound real. So <laughs> it doesn't dive into <laughs> into what exactly that means. Uh, yeah. I don't like playing tournaments or anything like that, which I think is what a lot of people have assumed when I mention that. Uh, I actually teach kids. I teach kids to play D and D. It's kind of an extracurricular activity, and that's kind of where my expertise comes from. I've played for a very long time, but it's in the recent years I now play uh, six times a week uh, with various groups of kids, and uh, have a lot of fun with doing that. So what I wanted to do on this episode of Natural 19 is kind of go through the basic process of like what I would do on a first day, but super duper fast because I want to show that anyone can learn to play D&D. So by the end of this episode, both you, Liz, and all of our listeners should feel comfortable, even if they've never played before, to at the very least sit down at a table and almost keep up with people who've played D&D before. That's yeah, the goal. I love that. The goal is to, is to, tr- is to almost keep up. Um, so I... Uh, I think that pretty much covers our introductions. I think we can just dive right into this. You good? Yeah, you yeah, let's do it. All right, so I, I did tell you to prepare a pen and paper. So you've got that at the ready, and I've got a, a D20. Um, a D20 is the most pivotal tool, aside from your imagination, in Dungeons & Dragons. It is a 20-sided die, and it's what you'll be rolling for the majority of the time whenever you have to roll a die. So... First things first, very, very basic rules for those who know Dungeons and Dragons and who don't. If you want to do something, if you want your character to do something, you say you do it. And if you want to say it, you just say it. And then that's it. If the thing you want to do is easy, the dungeon master will tell you what happens. And if it's hard, you might have to roll a die to see if you can do it or not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And some people use voices, right? They really get into the character, but that's not necessary, right? Yes. Okay. It's not necessary, but it actually is really helpful for the flow of the game because if you... So let's say I'm playing this like uh, hefty dwarf character and I say like, oh, I go over here and do this. But then later I'm talking to a friend over the table. It can be confusing as to if I'm talking in character or not. So if you had a character where it's like, oh, I'm going to go and uh, beat up this orc guy or whatever, like, then there's a distinction so you hmm. can tell when the character's talking and when you're talking, um, oh, okay. which can definitely help out. It's not necessary, but it is fun. Yeah. Something else I didn't explain, uh, just for those, for the truly very new at D&D, is that uh, the easiest way to think of D&D is that you are playing the main character or one of the main characters in a story. Uh, and there's a group of players, like usually four, five, six-ish players, that control these characters. And then the Dungeon Master, which you've heard me called a few times now, which controls everybody and everything else. Common misconception, the Dungeon Master is not out to kill all of the players. That is not the job of the Dungeon Master. It is the job <laughs> to help them tell a good story together. There are, you listen, you know, I don't... I don't disparage any dungeon masters who do that. Some players are into that and they relish the challenge. That's not how I roll, pun intended. Let's move on. <laughs> but that is to say, I want to jump in there. It doesn't mean that your character might, well, that your character could still die in the world, oh, depending on your choices, right? And how that's, Absolutely, okay. yes. I think all good stories have a risk of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, <Okay>. Mirroring life. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, Okay, so let's make you a character, okay? Uh, This is going to be a very simplified version. Typically, there are sheets with tons of statistics and tons of numbers and words and stats and all all these different things. I just said statistics and stats. It's the same thing. (laughs) Um, But we're just going to do a very simple version of this. So if you play D&D and you're like, that's not how this works, calm down. I've got this on the lock, okay? (laughs) Because Uh, you've been a dungeon master for a very long time. Oh. Yeah, my first time dungeon mastering was at the age of 10. I'm 26 now. Um, I'm sure there are people, I hope there are people who eventually listen to this who have been doing this for longer than I have, but I, I do have a vague idea of what I'm talking about at the very least. Mm-hmm. 
So there's three main things that make up your character, uh, and they are race, class, and background. Uh, race is sort of like what your character is. Are they an elf or a dwarf or a human or a dragon or whatever? Class is what they do, like uh, are they a fighter or a wizard or a, a thief or whatever they do that. And background is what they were before they were an adventurer, which kind of helps give some backstory. And the latest version of D&D, um, which is 5th edition, which is the only D&D we're going to be talking about this episode at least, um, has really given a lot of life to that because it's no longer just colorful to have a backstory, but it actually influences your character's abilities, which I think is really fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to go through those first. And to keep this quick, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of races just like as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if when one catches your ear, just go ahead and stop me and pick that one. And we're just going to keep moving forward. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm not, we're not going to worry about taking lots of time to be like, hmm, but what if this? We're just, we're making a character. And by the end of this episode, we're going to fall in love with this character. Uh, so I'm going to list off some races. There's human, elf, dwarf, halfling, gnome, half orc, dragonborn. Uh, Dragonborn. Okay, great. That's. So I didn't mean to pause there, but also a lot of new players become very appealed to Dragonborn. It is literally <laughs> someone with dragon blood running through their veins. They have dragon scales and dragon-like heads and faces. Uh, they're really cool. What color Dragonborn are you? This is fun. Um, can I be mostly human, though? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I like the blood part, uh, but I'm not sure how much of a Dragonborn I want to look like. Um, okay, that's fine. I, I would love some shimmery purple, please. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to bring up something for my uh, cringing D&D players back at home. <laughs> so the, the two things you said are both very off the beaten path already, um, because technically purple is not one of the dragon colors available, and technically all dragonborn are supposed to be much more dragon-like. But guess what? D&D lets you do whatever you want. So as a dungeon master, especially playing with a new player, I want to encourage the creativity that comes with this. So you are a purple, mostly human dragonborn. And I'm fine with that. That's awesome. I love it very much. Cool. Um, so as a dragonborn, uh, one of the special... So go ahead and write this down uh, as you go. We're going to make this piece of paper and pen I gave you is going to be your makeshift character sheet. So just go ahead and write dragonborn. That's all you need. You don't need the rest of the stuff. You know that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give you kind of similar stats to a red dragonborn. Uh, red dragonborns are kind of like more crazy and chaotic in nature um (laughs) and they have and they have fire breath so you have fire breath that's the thing you can do awesome let's pick your class now which is what you do how you fight things like that uh let's go ahead and go through some of those there is fighter there is ranger there is wizard there is sorcerer there's druid cleric paladin rogue barbarian uh warlock uh i think okay oh that's okay i'm not sure what most of those mean but i'm gonna go with warlock Awesome. Okay, Warlock is probably one of the most interesting classes in D&D, and I love that as well. <laughs> Warlock means you have made a pact with some sort of, like, greater deity or demon or something, which has given you magical powers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in this case, do you want this to be, like, a good or a bad thing? Like, is this, like, you made a deal with a devil kind of a thing, or, like, you are serving some sort of greater power? What do you, what do you want that to be? I want it to be complicated. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to make this a little difficult for you. No, please, drop it on us. I love it. But I want a consequence. So I don't, I think that I'm fine with making a pact with a demon, but I want it to be Perfect. for a good reason basically that's amazing that's that's all a dungeon master could ever ask for (laughs) um so 
We will. We don't need to worry about what demon it is because again, we're just doing the very fast version. But mm-hmm. yes, you would have a pact with a demon, and this would come up a lot in the game of moments of like where your this pact will have its consequences. But you do get magical powers, which is going to make this. And I was kind of hoping you'd pick a spellcasting class because it is definitely the hardest one to start with. But I'm I'm into it for sure. <laughs> uh, so the last thing we need to pick is your background, which is what you did before you started uh, adventuring. Now, for this one, there's acolyte. There's charlatan, there's investigator, there's courtier, there's criminal, there's far traveler, there's folk hero, gladiator, hermit, uh, there's uh, inheritor, knight, noble, outlander, pirate, sage, sailor, soldier, urchin, and I'll, I think it's plenty to go okay. off Okay, of. uh, so the first two you mentioned, what were those again? Uh, acolyte and charlatan. Uh, so acol- what does acolyte mean? Acolyte is someone who's had a very kind of religious background. They were uh, raised perhaps in a temple or something along those lines. Okay. And I have to pick one or I can do a couple? Just one background in this case. Okay. So I'm going to do acolyte. Ac- oh, acolyte. Yeah. <laughs> acolyte. Okay. Um, Great. But not anymore, right? That's the uh, background. I mean, you can still be an acolyte. That's up to you if you want to still be an acolyte. But it, especially, usually when you start adventuring, whatever you were kind of fades away anyway. It helps define who you are, but it's not really – you're not actively necessarily an acolyte anymore. Some of them aren't like that, but acolyte, you're probably not going to stick with your temple. You know, you've got, you've got adventuring to do. Right, and so I'm already creating my narrative in my head where I was an acolyte and it was very important to me, but now I'm a, a war – or I guess I was a warlock is my class. Yeah, so like I've you, always been yeah. – Mm-hmm. So like maybe you were like part of this uh, very faithful, good temple and then you wanted more power or for maybe you just wanted to help out and you made a deal with the devil to get this power and uh, your temple kind of shunned you for that actually because, you know, deal with the devil kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a narrative sort of like that. I have this I have already had this arc in my head. Um, Great. How they play I off love each that. other. That's already awesome. <laughs> so uh, but let's keep moving because we got a lot more to cover. Um, that's the basics of your character. Uh, I can tell you that warlocks uh, are both good at both uh, combat, kind of up close and personal, and also magic. Uh, I'm not going to worry about too much about picking all your spells right now. I'm just going to go ahead and give you two pretty typical kind of warlocky spells. One of them is going to be called Eldritch Blast. It's a very common warlock thing, and that is a cantrip, which means you can cast it all you want. You can cast it whenever you want. Wherever you want, it is a a blast of energy. You throw enemies to hurt them, okay? Okay. Uh, And then there's Charm Person, which is a spell you cast on someone that makes them like you for an hour. Oh, okay. So we'll give you those two. Usually I would take more time to let you pick spells, but again, we're just kind of going speed mode here, lightning round. Yeah. Um, The next thing we need to worry about is um, let's go ahead and give you 10 hit hit points, just for fun. So we're at HP 10. HP is your ability to stay alive when that drops to zero your character is usually dying uh and they are at risk of death okay okay yep and the next thing we need to discuss and this is kind of the big one which is gonna uh go over the crux of most of the D is your uh attributes which are statistics that define what your character is capable of there are six of them uh you can write abbreviations for them if you want that's very typical to just write the first three letters of each one um and i'm just going to give you them in uh no particular order but uh the first one is strength so STR, then dexterity, okay. intelligence, nice. wisdom, constitution, and charisma. Charisma. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. 
Uh, so each of these is pretty self-explanatory. Strength is how strong you are. Dexterity is like your reflexes and speed. Constitution is your vitality, how hardy you are, how hard it is to hurt you. Wisdom is uh, kind of what you notice, what you can perceive, what you uh, kind of see. It's, it's street smarts compared to intelligence is book smarts. And then charisma is, of course, your ability to talk to people and conjure out of situations or into situations and so on and so forth. As a warlock, your spells are based on your charisma. Uh, so the higher your charisma is, the better your magic is. Typically, when you decide these stats, you would roll various dice to decide them, but we're just going to pick two of them to be very good, three of them to be kind of average, and one to be pretty bad, okay. uh, just for, for right now, uh, and we're going to do that. So which two stats do you think are going to be important for you to have as good ones? Charisma. Decidedly. And intelligence. Okay. So good, just go ahead and write good next to those two. Okay. Now, normally this would be defined as a number, and that number would give you a certain bonus. So actually, next to good, go ahead and write plus four next to both of those. Okay. I'm not worried about what gives you that plus four. Just whenever you roll a die that is based on one of those skills, you add that four to it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Now, um, leave the average ones alone because we're not going to change them much. Uh, and what, what do you think is a stat that your character is not so good at? What's a flaw in your character's uh, kind of whole everything? I think I'm going to be bad at constitution okay so a little, little bit of a frail one that's totally fine yeah. um especially for spellcasters it makes for a very interesting narrative uh cool so write bad and write minus one next to that okay yes okay so typically you'll have various uh bonuses and uh penalties next to all your stats but for now we're just going to use those bonuses and that penalty and call that a day okay okay so there's one more thing we need to worry about uh before we get into kind of your what you are capable of actually doing, which is your armor class, which is how hard it is to hit you. Warlocks don't wear a ton of armor, but it is also based on your dexterity, which is average at the very least, uh, because the faster you are, the higher your armor class is. So we're just going to go ahead and give it a 13 for now. So write AC for armor class, 13. Okay. And that means if an enemy is trying to hit you, they need to roll a 13 or higher if they want to hit. Otherwise, it misses you. Oh, okay? Okay, yeah. From here on out, what you can do is sort of defined by that basic rule I told you at the beginning, which is you try to do something and I tell you what to roll. Mm -hmm. There is a ton of different skills involved in this. Uh, if you were to look at the list, probably like 15 to 20 different skills. But each of those skills is tied to one of those attributes you already picked. Based on your background, uh, I can tell you that uh, an acolyte is good at the two skills you're automatically good at are insight and religion. And anything you're good at, uh, or proficient at, as the term goes, you're going to add an extra bonus to. At the first level, which we're assuming we're starting this at level one, it's a good place to start, the proficiency bonus you get for everything is plus two. So anything you're good at, you get an extra plus two. Okay? Okay. So I know there's a lot at this point. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm not sure if my notes make sense. I'm not sure I know what's going <laughs> on, but I'm into it. That's I'm, okay. I'm into this because character. All I want to do is give you the basics so that when I bring these terms up later, you go, oh, yes, I got that. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yes. So... Anything you want to do, I'm, rather than go through all 20 skills you can do, what you do is you tell me what you want to do, and I'll tell you what skill that pertains to. So, for instance, if you're like, I'm going to climb this wall, I might say, well, roll an athletics check. And at this point, you would roll a d20, and you would add your uh, athletics, which is tied to strength, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, I honestly just want to see if we can dive into this. Okay. I want to see if we can just go into a scenario and see how it goes with what we have right now. So you have your spells. Mm -hmm. I give you your two little spells. Yep. You have your fire breath. And everything else is just kind of what you'd expect to do. You probably have a weapon on you. Um, what weapon do you want to have? What weapon would you carry, do you think? Um, 
Uh, I think I have an axe, to be honest. Sure. Great. I love it. You have an axe. We'll give you a little hand axe. <laughs> Nothing too heavy. Okay. You've got your magic. It's your main thing. Yeah. You, you have a hand axe. Um, and I'm going to put you in this scenario. It's kind of a goofy scenario, so bear with me. Because I know you have this very – you picked Warlock, which is like the darkest character <laughs> type that there is. But I'm going to give you sort of a goofy backstory. Uh, not okay. a backstory, but a goofy scenario to go into. And we're just going to play it very briefly until you kind of get an idea. We're going to see if we can get a few skill moments and a little bit of combat. Uh, and I'll explain combat once we get to it, Okay. okay. So, uh, there is a uh, party, a big fancy party being held at a castle, and you want in, and you did not get an invitation. Why do I want in? So, do I know why I want l- in? Okay, that's up to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's figure out. Why do you want in? And, oh my gosh, I missed the most important part, which is, what is your name? What's oh. this character's name? Um, it doesn't matter if it's male or female, right? No, totally up to you. Oh, dang. I'm overthinking this now. Um, Moira. Moira. Okay, so you're Moira. And Moira, uh, you are trying to get in. There's something you need. Let's let's not make it trivial. Let's say there's something you need in this uh, during this party. Maybe it's a person you need to meet, or maybe it's uh, something you're trying to like an item you're trying to acquire. Um, what, what do you think? What do you need? What do you try, want from here? Now, usually, in uh, this scenario, uh, it, we would be starting from a place where you tell me everything you need, and you wouldn't just suddenly be at a party. But we're just trying to dive right in so we can get a little bit of gameplay under our belts here. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So I need a piece of jewelry that within one of the gemstones, there is something trapped within. And I think it might be the answer of of what I'm looking for. Um, God, that's good. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, this because I feel like I could use this as an actual campaign already, which I really thoroughly enjoy. Um, and I know nothing about so, current campaigns. I, I know nothing about this world, but. No, yeah, no, that's fun. fine. We're going to build it. Again, mm-hmm. this is a collaborative experience. So we're going to build this as we go. So you did not get an invitation. Um, and you don't really know much about the castle. You haven't had really time to recon it. And the party is now. So you've kind of got like very little time on your hands. So. Uh, the this scene kind of starts with you approaching this castle, and uh, you see that there is a huge, majestic castle. There's a drawbridge which has been lowered, and there's kind of noble men and women kind of flitting across and going through. Uh, there's a front gate which is wide open, but it is guarded. There's two guards with uh, kind of lists. They're checking as they go. They have scrolls of paper and quills, and they're checking as these people go in. The guards are wearing heavy armor, and they have spears and crossbows. Uh, they look pretty pretty menacing. Um, well, what, what do you do? So first off, I'm dressed for this party. I don't have my axe. Um, okay. But I I want to be dressed as everyone else, and so I walk up to the guard and I try to charm both of them. Okay. So uh, this is an instance where I'm not just going to let you say I try to do that. Okay. I need to hear what you're going to say. Oh. So as you as you approach the guard, the guard kind of looks at you and goes, "Name." Oh. I should be on the list. Can you? Can you? Can uh, I'm you sure. That? I'm sure you are. What's? But I can't check if you're on the list until you tell me your name, ma'am. Um. Yes. Absolutely. So I am. I'm Moira. Um. Moira. Yes. Moira. Family name? Uh. Bloodstock. Moira Bloodstock. Um. He's kind of looking through the list. I don't see a Moira Bloodstock here. Uh, I'm afraid you're gonna have to go, ma'am. I'm sorry. It actually. It might be under my uncle's name. Um. That's Andrew. I don't see any blood stocks on this list. I'm very sorry. Mm, I don't. 
trying to remember. So he isn't, he's not really a part of our family anymore. He renounced us, but I recently connected with him. Can you, um, it might be, he might have changed his name. Let me think. Um, Go ahead and at this point, I'm going to have you make a deception check. Okay. This is based off your charisma, which is pretty good, as we recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to give you a plus four in this roll. Now, you don't have a die there, but I have a die here. So I'm, you're going to have to trust that I'm doing my best. Uh, I'm going to be honest with this over here. Okay. Um, so I'm going to roll the die uh, right next to the microphone so we can all hear it. Okay. So I rolled a 10, which is plus four is a 14. Okay. Yeah? Yep. All makes sense there? Yes. Now, I, as the dungeon master, know the difficulty of that roll in my head, how high you had to roll to do it, but I'm not going to tell you that. But it does look like you seem to have convinced him because he goes, um, would it be Andrew uh, Coldwind? Yes, yes, that's him. That's my uncle. Ah, I see. So he rolls the scroll up and kind of looks at you and goes, then would you mind telling me why his name is on the list and yours isn't? He told me that I would be his plus one this evening. And he told me that he forgot to let you guys know. And I'm so sorry about that. <sighs> Nobles, right? I he know. Says, kind of rolling his eyes. <laughs> Go on inside. Thank you so much. Uh, and he, he adds your name to the list and you head inside. And now you are in this uh, party <clears throat> and... There's just, oh my God, so many people. And you know that one of them, one of these uh, noble women, is wearing a necklace with the jewel that you need in it. Um, And you know what you're looking for, which is that it is a kind of a red gemstone uh, on a gold chain, but there's so many people. How are you going to go about finding this? What do you do? I think I would kind of flip through the perimeter making my way in, just trying to glance at as many necks as possible. Okay. Um, Make a perception check. This is based on your wisdom. So okay. I keep saying that, but I realize I'm going to roll it, but I want you to know what's happening. Okay. So what's what's your wisdom? Is your just average on wisdom? Yeah. Uh, you didn't write? Yeah, I'm average. Okay, that's fine. That's fine because I rolled an 18 for you. Okay. So that's actually very good. Uh, remember, this is a 20-sided die, so that's pretty close. Uh, so it doesn't take you long as you skirt the perimeter to find the woman you're looking for. Uh, she has this kind of like uh, lush green gown on, and she has this necklace. Uh, the the red stone almost clashes a little bit, which makes it a little easier to spot, but you do find this. Uh, she's currently chatting it up with uh, a man who's way too old for her. Um, <laughs> but that does not seem to concern her in the slightest, uh, and they're just kind of like having at it. Uh, And they're talking. They don't seem to notice you yet. What do you do? I move up to them and pretend as, or so I would say something. I'm not just, um, I would inch it, just make my way towards them and then say, Oh, um, Catherine, is that you? Uh, she looks over and goes, I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my friend, Catherine. Oh, you look so much like her. And actually, what you're wearing is exactly what she would wear as well. That necklace, it's beautiful. Where did you get that from? Uh, she goes, if that's quite all right, that's uh, none of your business, actually. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but I just... And she, she's, she seems to like kind of turn away. She's trying to brush you off, basically. So then can I do another charm? Um, so when I you say love? do a charm, are you, are you trying to make a persuasion check or are you yes. actually using your spell? I guess I don't know the difference well enough, but I was looking at my spells. So, oh, okay, so... Uh, I should have asked that the first time. When you de- deceived the guard, that wasn't really the spell. That was just you kind of talking. That was my bad. Um, if you want to cast the spell charm person, yes, that is a magical... That's not anything... That's a very different scenario. Oh, so I didn't so gonna, charm the guard. 
he just no i mean you you lied to him but you didn't charm him i apologize oh, i should have no been no that's that. fine oh that so that's so, okay no, oh, you're about to see the power of magic okay so when you <laughs> cast a spell on someone else they have a chance to resist it so i'm gonna roll that really quick and i'm kind of hoping i roll low here ah yes i did okay i swear i'm not making this up but i rolled a five <laughs> so you kind of wave your hand and uh, say some mystic uh words and her eyes kind of gloss over and she goes do i know you from somewhere you look so familiar you do. We actually grew up together and it's been years, but I'm so glad I ran into you. I don't remember that at all, but I feel I can trust you with my life. Absolutely. It's been so long. I totally forgive you for forgetting me, but I'm so glad to run into you at this party. Are you having a good time? I'm having a delightful time. I'm so sorry for greeting you with a cold shoulder earlier. I I must have simply forgotten. My memory has been going in, in my age. You know how things are. Of course. Of course. Well, I was and just... The, the man at this point is kind of looking, the man who was talking to her and kind of is looking at her eyes and looking at you and going, what did you just do? <laughs> so I take her arm and I head towards... Um, I guess, is there a bar area? I don't know how. Yeah. Okay, so I'm like, let's go get some drinks and catch up. And I move her away from That him. sounds delightful. Uh, another time, Reginald, she says to the man. And he kind of looks and watches after you as you go. And you hear him shout as you go to the bar, guards, guards! Uh, he calls for the guards, seeming to have noticed that you cast a magical spell on this woman. So I, I notice that he's doing that uh, you, and, or do I know oh yeah okay. you, you definitely hear him call uh, and you see two guards that begin pushing their way through the crowd to get to you so I turn to her and I say I really love that necklace do you mind if I try it on oh certainly it's the least I can do and she takes it off and hands it to you and I slip away through the crowd so at this point I'm going to have you make a stealth check uh, which is based on your dexterity so I'm going to roll this for you and that's going to be a three. So you're slipping through the crowd as best as you can, but the guards catch up with you and surround you. Okay. At this point, we're in combat. Okay. Now, you don't always need to fight in combat. Fleeing is a viable option, but we do need to go over the rules for combat really quickly, which is kind of the last thing which is missing on this little, uh, this little puzzle we're putting together, which is this. Every combat has a few things. The first one is to figure out who goes first, which is called initiative. And that is also based on your dexterity. A lot of things tend to be, apparently. Uh, and I'm going to roll the die, die here a few times. So you roll the 12 and the guards roll the 19. So they're going to go first. Okay. On your turn, you can move. You can take an action. And sometimes you can take a reaction or a bonus action. I'll tell you when those times come up. For now, I don't even want you to worry about it. Okay? okay. So an action is anything. It can be dashing to move faster or it can be attacking someone or casting a spell. And your movement is, of course, just moving to or away from someone, okay? Okay. So the guards are going to go first, and they're not – fortunately for you, you're in kind of a fancy party, so they're not, like, drawing weapons and attacking you right off the bat. But one of the, they are going to get to a point where they're blocking your exit, uh, and they say, uh, ma'am, you're going to need to come with us. Uh, and that is all they're going to do. They're going to kind of – they have their hands on the weapons. They're ready to draw, but they're not going to attack you yet. It is now your turn in the battle, so what do you do? I make a scene, I guess. <laughs> How so? How do you make a scene? Excuse me, what are you talking about? What do you want with me? I didn't do anything wrong. At this point, it does not seem like they're going to believe you. Okay. So uh, they, uh, on their, this point, they're going to draw their weapons, actually, and say, Ma'am, this is your last warning. Come with us or you will suffer the consequences. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't feel like I'm going to get far by trying to fight them. Okay. Let me, I'm going to try to run away one more time. 
Okay, um, so you can do this. Um, there is an action called disengage, which lets you kind of like move away from enemies safely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do that, you disengage and you move, but they are going to give chase to you at this point. Okay. Uh, and they're moving pretty much as fast as you. So one of them is going to actually attack you with his spear. So he rolled uh, an 11, but he has a plus two. Oh, I have, What's your armor class? I have fire breath. My ar- you do have fire my breath. My armor class is 13. So he just barely hit you. Now, there's other dice other than the 20-sided die. I don't have them with me right now. Um, oh, and I have a I'm blast sit- of energy. Okay. I have some options. Yes. Okay. You, do have, you do have things you can fight okay. with. Okay. Ah, it's, it's coming back to it. <laughs> uh, but in this case, uh, before, as you realize this, you realize this in a rage because you have been hit. And usually I would roll a die to see how much damage you did. But I'm just going to take an average for now because I don't have the dice with me. Okay. So the average is going to be five. You take five damage, okay. which is a lot of health for you. Okay. Because I, I don't um, have that much. Um, or it's just what 10. do you do? I want to yes. do my my blast of energy. Okay, so you get to make an attack roll at this point, which is the same thing. I'm going to roll a d20, but if you recall earlier, I said certain things you're good at, you're proficient at. Mm-hmm. Your attack is one of them. Okay, so you're good at your attack, which means it's plus two, and it's based on charisma, which is plus four. So it's a total of plus six to this roll. So I rolled a thir- uh, a thirteen. Which is actually a 19 now with your plus six. So your blast of energy uh, sweeps this guard off his feet. Um, And the other guard goes to attack you. But at this point, your charmed friend comes over and says, What are you doing to my dear friend? Uh, And she realizes she doesn't know your name. And I go, Uh, Moira. My dear friend. My dear friend Moira. You remember, yes. I'm Moira. My good childhood friend Moira. What are you doing? And she has distracted the guard for a moment. Uh, and the guard kind of hesitates before attacking you. Okay. It's back to your turn then because the guard has hesitated. What do you do? Uh, fire, fire, breath. All right. So this is a crowded area. Fortunately, the crowd has backed away. Mm-hmm. But you breathe fire all over this guard. Uh, this is not an attack roll you have to do. He has to make an attempt to dodge it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he did roll a 20, oh. which is the best thing you could roll. Uh, Darn the guard. If this were an attack... The 20 would be a critical hit, which would do double damage. Um, but that's not an attack. He's just dodging. He still takes half damage, though, which means he is at the very least uh, wounded, as both guards are. Um, and as he's trying to kind of pat the fire out and the other one's trying to get back to its feet after your blast, you have another opportunity to kind of get away, it looks like. They're kind of distracted. Okay, then I run for it. Okay. And you run through the crowd and disappear back into the city with your newfound necklace. And that's what we're going to call this scenario for now. Typically, a session will be much longer than that, but I just wanted to give a kind of taste of what D&D can feel like. Yeah, yeah? it's exciting. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, before we sign off, though, uh, I want to briefly get to... I know that was a lot of D&D thrown at you very quickly. I want to know if you have any questions. Uh, do you feel like you could sit down at a table and at the very least follow along with a D&D game as you go? I actually feel like I would be more comfortable. I've been wanting to find a group out here in Arkansas, and I, it made me a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. But now, having experienced it with you, I feel like I would be more comfortable to sit down with maybe some people I don't know as well or maybe even some strangers and do this again. It would be a lot more fun, I think, having had a taste Great. of it. For sure. I love to hear that. Yeah, and this was definitely very simplified. There's a lot more you would do like in the creation of a character. I would, I could do a whole episode just creating a character and probably not even finish in the 30-minute mm-hmm. time limit. Um, but that's okay. Um, it's, again, this is kind of a taste. I want this to... This, the idea of this is so everyone can at least understand. I want newcomers to this podcast to feel welcome and invited and warm and fuzzy, uh, or at least three of those four adjectives. <laughs> um, 
which four is up to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have any questions about D&D in general or what just happened? Um, usually I would go into a segment now that's kind of like a question and answer from our listeners. Mm-hmm. But because this is the first episode, we don't have any listener questions yet. So um, do you have any questions for me? I think for me, the only thing was how do I know? Because I have... Um, so I have the ability to charm someone, but I also have charisma. Would I have a better sense in a game which one is happening? Because I, yeah, I think that was the only thing I didn't understand. Like the guard yeah. was just charisma, but then I charmed Catherine. Yeah, so I will I will chalk that up to my my failure to explain properly, uh, because the charm person is not an ability; that is a spell. Mm-hmm. That is part of your magical pact that you have made with your demonic master that gives you the power to cast this magical spell. And there'll be a limit. There's uh, a certain amount of times per day you can do this called spell slots. But again, I'm not too worried about the terminology right now. Mm-hmm. And that kind of tells you what you can and can't do. Uh, if you wanted to cast a spell, you can say, I cast the spell charm person. I cast this spell. I do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you want to do something else, if you just want to convince them with charisma, you don't say, I'm going to use charisma to charm the guard. You just talk to him. And when the dungeon master deems it worthy, I mean, because it, it's possible the guard is just charmed automatically. It's possible you say, oh my gosh, you look so nice today. And the guard just falls for that. Mm-hmm. And if the dungeon master says it's easy, that's fine. And it's possible that the guard's a bit tougher and does what I had you do, which is roll a deception check or a persuasion check or any other kind of check that's related to charisma. Um, all these other skills and things that you have to do. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's and that comes down to just knowing what your character is capable of because some things you do say I cast a spell or I do this I attack this person, and other ones you just say oh well I do this and then the dungeon master will tell you what check to make. Okay, and then so you created this scenario. How much of that yeah. did you write? Because there were some things that you have to improv too. Absolutely, uh, and everyone handles this differently. Uh, I think some dungeon masters definitely uh, prepare a whole lot ahead of time. But as most dungeon masters learn, the more they prepare, the less of the prepared stuff actually happens. So all I prepared for this scenario was the guards. I knew there was the castle. And I knew there were the guards, and I expected the guards to be where everything fell apart. I'm honestly amazed that went as smoothly as it did. so, so I figured there were going to be guards, and you have to get past them somehow, and either it was going to go well, or it was going to turn to a fight right there. Okay. Uh, and then when you, as soon as you got inside, the rest was all improvised. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was a lot to improvise. That's part of what D&D is. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite part. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts of D&D is the improvising that goes into it. Because that's part of your background as well in theater. And Yes, that. I do have a very theatrical background. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other questions about D&D in general? I don't. At this point, I think it was – I wanted to thank you. This was really enjoyable, and I had a great time. And thank you for answering my questions. I'm I also wanted to glad say – Glad you had a fun time. I did. And I wanted to add um, – so I interview you more on my podcast, and you were you were so instrumental on helping me get that started and providing so much support for it. So I did want to say if any of your listeners wanted to learn more about your story and what you do, it's Sustaining Craft, and it's also on yes, my website. Yes, yes, plug. Hewandweld.com. <laughs> that's H-E-W-A-N-D-W-E-L-D.com, or you can find Sustaining Craft on iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, Sustaining Craft is actually an amazing podcast. Uh, I do did the editing for that. Uh, really incredible stuff where she interviews uh, people who are like kind of creatives who use creativity as their living. It's really, really cool. I highly recommend you check it out. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to thank Liz. Thank you so much, Liz, for joining me uh, on this first episode of Natural 19. Uh, And I want to thank my listeners for joining us. Uh, I think you guys are all 
wonderful, beautiful people. Uh, and if you don't think so, you're wrong. Uh, you're all great. And I believe in every single one of you. Uh, if you have any questions you would like answered on this podcast, if you have like questions about D&D or maybe dilemmas, if you're a player having trouble in a situation or a dungeon master trying to deal with difficult players, feel free to um, go ahead and email them to us at natural19podcast at gmail.com. That is the numerical 19. So it is natural19podcast at gmail.com. And we will be happy to answer them for you. Uh, and again, there will be different co-hosts. So depending on who's on, uh, we'll get different questions answered. Otherwise, tune in next time. Uh, look for look forward to not hearing from you. Uh, look, I look forward to you hearing from us here on Natural 19, <laughs> the podcast that is okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to figure out a nice, like, kitschy, like, sign-off phrase. But until I do... Uh, Catch you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.